Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Button Pushers. I am your host, as always, David Lukens. And with me today, we have another special guest, but it's not someone new this time, it's an old friend. What's going, what's going on? Perry Parascu, man, welcome back to the studio. How you doing? Dude, it has been months. I am so excited to be here in Fargo. No, I just had to get away from Minnesota, bro. Like, Minneapolis is cool and all, bro, but like, it gets kind of stale. No, it ain't like the Fargo, bro. Like, Fargo got the Fargo Dome. Y'all got Taco Bros. Yeah, man, we got that fresh air from the Fargo Dump. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great place, honestly. Not. Dude. But it, Dude, okay, I was just gonna say, it's snowing everywhere right now. That's kind of bullcrap, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's literally October. Right, bro, like, this is so, like, bo- like uh, galactically bogus, bro. Galactically <laughs> bogus, that's a good way to put it. But anyways, you guys don't care about the freaking weather. Let's yeah. talk about the NFL. I know, I know, I haven't been on the NFL lately, but Perry's convinced me to do an NFL episode, so we're gonna run one through the system real quick. Without further ado, let's get started, man. First thing we want to talk about, Tua. Uh, let me say this right, Tago Vailoa, he got the start over Ryan Fitzpatrick for the rest of the season. What do you think about it? You know, you know this team is 3-3. Three and three. Um, They're in a division that is actually more wide open than you think with the Bills losing two straight. Yeah. Um, I just think that for a team that got ready not to be one of the worst in the NFL to be in the playoff hunt, and then you bench the guy who's been making most of it happen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's, you could say he's having a bounce-back season for like the eighth mm-hmm. time in his career yeah and like it's just like you know they really shut out the jets the other day which i understand it's the jets but you still shut out a team you know they're, they're winning games his practice is looking really good miles gaskin is a nice surprise this team is actually getting good and they're gonna get better because there's so many young players who are developing so i think the fact that you're gonna mess that all up which don't get me wrong too it could be a good starter but you already have this formula that's been working this season and you're gonna blow that all up just so the guy can get minutes which was i don't even know if it was deserved because well a fitzpatrick the game before they benched him was great it was like 300 yards three touchdowns had a very good game and then you know you saw with patrick at homes a guy who sat his whole first year and then he became mvp so i don't see what's exactly wrong with just starting the you know mention the rookie for a bit yeah. i understand too as a fifth overall pick i understand they probably want to see him play when you got playing as good as ryan fitzpatrick he's like a top 10 15 quarterback right now i don't understand why you want to break up that chemistry and that formula just to play the rookie when this team could very well make the playoffs this season and that's my take on it yeah no i agree with most of the things you said like you said bro it it would be different if the dolphins were going one and five yeah. or zero oh and six it would be different and then you could be like okay Tua, come on right. let's just menu into the offense but the fact that they're three and three in a wide open division, like you stated, they have a chance for a wild card game as it stands right now. And if you want to go there, they have a chance to win the division as it stands right now. So why would you change what you're doing right now? You honestly shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's why I agree with what you said because, like, like we all, I think we all kind of are on the same basis where we think Tua could be really good in the NFL. Yeah. But like you said, Patrick Mahomes was picked tenth, and he he like. They had no problems benching him for a year behind Alex Smith. Now, um, this isn't an Alex Smith situation. It's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if you're having this great season, it's not going to go unnoticed by the rookie. It won't go unnoticed because he's going to see you making those great throws that you're making. Yeah. And he's also going to see you, like, sometimes because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to see you make the bad throws and learn from that too. So I think it would be more beneficial for the Dolphins to – ride it out with ryan fitzpatrick or at least until they're in a situation where they're like yo we're like three and seven like this is not good yeah exactly it's just like i don't understand because first off i mean two wasn't good enough to earn the start in the first place at the beginning of the season 
And it's like... Well, that was mostly medical. Right. You can chalk to that, I suppose. It's like, there's no way... There's no way Tua is, like, doing that while, like, practices, which, again, aren't even games, that they're like, okay, this guy definitely needs to start. Like, this guy's going to be so much better than Ryan. Like, dude, how? Yeah. Like, he hasn't played a single... He hasn't played in a really, like, any meaningful NFL games. He had, like, two passes at the very end of that last game against the Jets. When Ryan Vespatch was playing up... There's only... He put up, like, four or three or, like, five 300-yard games in a row or something. That's pretty, like, freaking good. Exactly. And the dude, like, you can tell, like, the chemistry as his team is. You can tell they're all having fun. All the guys love each other, and they work hard for each other. And it's this young, hungry group with Brian Fitzpatrick, this, like, grizzled old leader. I think the dynamic is working very well. You're seeing guys like Miles Gaskin and, and you know, Devontae Parker having great seasons. That's a lot of it has to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick and the energy he brings. So to go from that, you know, it's, it's such a flop because it's, like, or I guess a flip-flop because Fitzpatrick's, like, what, 35, 36. So and the Dolphins are a really young team so they all obviously look up to him and now you're replacing that with a dude who's younger than most of the people I feel like it's a whole different dynamic like having the respect yeah. for Tua versus Fitzpatrick I feel like Fitzpatrick really gets the guys going he's a great you know leader among men so I just feel like that's just a weird dynamic to mess up I just don't understand at all what, like why yeah I don't know I mean I guess only time will tell I I wonder if Tua is actually going to start the rest of the season. I don't think he'll do atrocious. I think if he has a bad game against whoever they play next, then they'll probably just put Fitzpatrick back in. I don't think... Well, they they, said he was going to be the starter for the rest of the season, like going forward. I just... That was such an early call. They should have just said next game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but you would also don't want to spark a quarterback competition because those are never healthy, bro. No, and like... Like, competition is healthy, but if you have quarterbacks wondering if they're going to play next week, it changes their game and their mm-hmm. mindset. Like, look at Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky from this offseason. Like, they started horribly. You need guys that understand their position mm-hmm. and understand how they can change the game. Guys like Nick Foles understand that they're not going to be the starting quarterback. They're not going to be the guy. But they also understand that in key situations, Matt Moore did this for the Chiefs too. In key situations, they're going to come in and ball out. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not going to be an every game thing, but they've come to that understanding. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's the same player, which could be what the Dolphins are afraid but of. But uh, there is news today. Like We found out that Ryan Fitzpatrick actually was... Fr- he said he was frustrated. Devastated. He was devastated and heartbroken by the decision. So that's why it's like... See, if it was a situation like you were talking where they understand, where it's like, okay, he's ready to pass on the torch, that would make sense. But that we just learned this, that's not that kind of situation. And I'm sure the locker room, too, is very like questioning a lot. Like, I'm I'm sure they're going to rally behind Tua and like play well for him, but like I'm sure they would rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick starting right now. Yeah, I think I agree with you, and that's just going to come with time. There needs to be a proper Passover and a one-game switch like this. Yeah, like, it's that not, was not... And it was after a victory. I could see if they lost to yeah. the Jets, and you're like, okay, let's bring but it to But 24-0, and then you bench yeah, the guy who, like, threw 300 yards and, like, three touchdowns. Like you said, I mean, uh, the Jets are the Jets, but a blowout is a blowout. And, like, holding the team to zero is no joke. Mm-hmm. So That's hard to do, especially in today's NFL with, like, super high-scoring offenses. That's yeah. hard to do. Yep. Anyways, I mean, I think we've talked that through. I think we both agree. I don't know. I just think like they should have waited till they were like out of the playoff hunt, probably. To yeah. To it, because this team, I mean, there's seven playoff spots now in a relatively weak AFC East. I mean, you got what? Chiefs a lock, Steelers lock, probably Colts, and then Titans, Titans, uh, Titans, and then I guess you know like Bills, Jaguars, Patriots, like Raiders, maybe. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? Dolphins could definitely make the playoffs. So I just think. This is going to hinder the chance at success because we know this this fan base has been through a bit, especially with like the last season or two. They've been really garbage. Yeah. They, even if like they knew they probably couldn't go to the Super Bowl, they probably just still want to at least see the playoff game. 
The Raiders and Jaguars have no business sniffing near the playoffs, bro. It's the Raiders and the Jaguars. The Raiders right? beat the Chiefs. They're bums, bro. And they beat the Saints. They're bums, bro. Honestly, no, actually, Carr. Gruden has a... I like his system, honestly, a lot. Like, Darren Waller is balling out. Oh, don't get me wrong. I have him on my fantasy team. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. Wait, why are we talking about Darren Waller? No. Next topic. <laughs> next topic. I want to talk about... Pretenders versus contenders, man. This is always an exciting one. All right. I want to start with the pretenders. Who do you got for pretenders? All right, David. So the question is: Bears, contender or pretender? Pretender, bro. It's the pretender. Chicago Bears, and you want to know the main reason they're a pretender? Why? Is because they have the guy at quarterback that I said was a plug and play, Nick Foles. He's also Super Bowl MVP, though. Good for him, bro. He played four games, and the only reason he was set up like he was is because Carson Wentz got home field advantage, bro. That is true. Nick Foles will play good sporadically. If you want 16 games out of Nick Foles, you might as well just try and win the lottery because your odds are greater with that. It's not going to happen, all right? If you're listening to this, Nicholas, bro, I'm waiting for you to collapse once again. And my, my buddies are good Chicago fans. And if you guys are listening to this, there's no way you can be happy with Nick Foles, your starting quarterback, bro. He fluctuates so much. One game, he'll throw 300 yards and four touchdowns. You're like, wow, he's a good starting quarterback. And then the next game, he'll have like a 30 passer rating. Like, you can't do that and be a contender. Because then you're just hoping that it's going to work out. But the Bears also did make the playoffs two years ago with the worst quarterback. So, I mean, nah, bro. the defense that can Trubisky, carry that team, it looks like. That Mitch Trubisky was similar to that Blake Bortles. He did it for a 16-game stretch. True. Nick True. Foles has never had a 16-game stretch. No, well, career. there was a season when he was Eagles starting through, like, He's, what, three picks? He, yeah, bro, but he didn't start all 16 games. Yeah, he he came in. He didn't started 12 games. Oh, okay. That's true. I guess that's not the full 16. But that's most of the season. Yeah. All right, I got a question for you. I know how you're going to respond to this. Green Bay Packers pretenders or contenders? So if you would have asked me this last week, I actually would have told you contenders. But because of the but Tampa Bay game. because of thing. the Tampa Bay game. I mean, I understand, hey, lose to the Bucks, what, 27-24, close game against Brady. But you get beat 38-10. What was it, like 7-10? It was not... Oh, maybe it was like 20, but it was still a blowout regardless. It was 38-10. Like, Brady wasn't even in at the end of the game. Like, that's how you knew they were getting beaten bad. Yeah. And I look back on their schedule. Who have they beat? Week one, they faced the Vikings. Well, they beat Viking- New Orleans. But New Orleans, they're only 3-2. and two. It's not like they're world beaters like last year. I admit it's a good win. Still a close one, too. And you... Who else you beat? The Vikings? Terrible. The Lions? Terrible. Like, uh... They probably play the Jaguars or something too. Like they probably play something like trash. Like, and then you go, you go to Tampa Bay, and like Tom Brady and the Bucks. Like, it's not again. They're not like a super team. I mean, they're really they got good pieces, but they're still they're only like four and something coming in or three and two maybe, and you get beat like thirty eight to whatever. Aaron Rodgers throws two picks in a game, which is like crazy for Aaron Rodgers. Unheard of. And it's like. I just don't know about this team. Like, I feel like this happened last season, too, where they just beat up on all like, really bad teams and barely eked out wins. And then they beat a few good teams. Like, the Vikings were good last season. They beat them both times and stuff like that. But, I mean, we saw last season against the 49ers. Like, they went up against an actually, like, good team. They and got they, they didn't even, yeah, they, they didn't got even, like, yeah, they got embarrassed. They weren't competitive. And it's like, I'm just seeing that this season again, too. Even though Aaron Rodgers is playing significantly better, I will admit that Aaron Rodgers is having a great season. I just think that this narrative that's been going on the past season or two, where the Packers, yeah, they can beat up on bad teams and look really good, but then when they go against 
they can go against even good teams, kind of like the Raiders or, you know, kind of like uh, like Bears-ass teams and make it look good. But when they go up against the world beaters, like the Ravens and the Chiefs and people like the Seahawks, they're going to flounder. And that's why, you know, they're not going to be able to make it to the Super Bowl for sure. And, well, I mean, they did make it to the NFC, you know, like, finals last year, which is, like, commendable. I'm kind of surprised to beat the Seahawks. But having that repeat this year with the way they, they looked against the, just the Bucks, like... I don't know. So that's just my take on that. What do you think? If you take just that game, I agree with you. They did not look very good against Tampa Bay. Um, throughout the rest of the season, uh, I they looked like contenders, and I fully expect them to be contenders by the end of the season just because that's the way the Green Bay is. Yeah. You know, they went 13-3 last year. People say they're the weakest 13-3 team of all time. Whatever, they would have made the same noise if they were 11-5. and five. Yeah. You know, they probably still would have gotten to the conference championship or what have you. And... I think Aaron Jones and the way they use Aaron Jones is very unprecedented. I think most running backs, Dalvin Cook is a phenomenal running back. One of the best in the league, and you can't argue with that. But they don't use him the way that Green Bay used Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is basically their second best receiver and their best running back. Yeah, kind of like Alvin Kamara type. Exactly, exactly. So, like, I think when... The other thing is they did not incorporate any motion, which Matt LaFleur likes to incorporate in his offense against Tampa Bay. They just ground down the shot, the I'm sorry, game clock, and then just were running plays. But if they're running that fluid offense that Matt LaFleur likes to run and they're getting Aaron Jones involved in multiple ways, that's when they're winning games. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to if they can do that. And I don't know why they didn't do that that game. Maybe they were just like, we're facing Tom Brady, you know. Yeah. It's a, like no time for gimmicks but i think that's exactly the time for gimmicks i think you got to look to have gimmicks to separate yourself yeah i would say this and i feel like also like probably just the aj Dillon thing probably just lit a fire into aaron jones because he's playing very well this season you know mm-hmm. he may even better than last season and i still feel like he's an underrated bag in terms of the nfl like i still feel like don't really consider him top tier but like even his own coach draft like a running back in the second round and like last season like Sometimes they give the ball to Jamal Williams for, like, no reason. It's like, yeah. why won't you just let this guy just be this clear-cut number one monster and help your team out? Because he's a great running back. He really yeah, is. phenomenal. I never wanted to admit it before, but, I mean, I can't deny he's definitely just an elite talent. Mm-hmm. Just off what he's done this season, I mean, I think he's really established himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, who is the next team you're thinking So, about? I'm thinking, dude, so what do you think about the Los Angeles Rams this season? What's going on with them? Okay, the thing about the Rams, in my mind, bro, is just like they need to rebuild. And the reason I say that is because they're such a good team. I would argue they're back, though. But, bro, as as a Rockets fan, there are some teams that need to understand that they have maxed their potential. The Rockets in 2017, 2018, when they went 67 and 15 yeah. and they lost to the Warriors four games to three in the conference finals, that was it. And teams need, like, that was the highest, the best they could be. And I think the Rams, when they made the Super Bowl, that was the best that this team around these players is going to be. And that, like, the Rams are looking good this year. But Jared Goff's not the same quarterback he's been, bro. I don't know what's been going on with him this year and last year, but he just doesn't look like the same guy. I don't know if he ever really was that good, though. Correct, correct. So that's why I'm saying that I think the Rams may have reached their potential. As heartbreaking as that sounds, because they're close, like you said, bro. They're in it. They're looking good this year. But some teams just max out their potential. Some teams can only get so far the way they're So you really think they should blow it up? I mean, people might get mad at me, but yeah. I think there are certain times... So trade Ramsey, trade Donald, stuff like that? 
I don't know. They have so much money tied up into their big guys. And if you ask me, their rebrand didn't go well because their away jerseys look like they came out of an attic. <laughs> like, they're dusty as hell. But, that's true. Uh, that's hard because there's so much talent on that roster. But if you're not playing like you have so much talent, what's the point? Same thing with the Browns, dude. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I don't know. I, just, I feel like they're going to definitely make the playoffs this year, though. Probably. Yeah. Although, I mean, the NFC West has, like, four, like, potential playoffs. The NFC West is balling out. They're stacked as hell, yeah. So, I don't know. The Rams, like, I don't know. But I don't think they should blow it up. I feel like they really meant the Super Bowl, like, a year or two ago. Yeah, but last time the Giants made the Super Bowl, two years later, they're in 5-11. and 11. That's true. I just think, but they have the talents. I feel like, with, like, I don't think, I feel like, do you think it's Goff or you think there's some other stuff that's going on? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Goff. Like, can Goff be the quarterback on a Super Bowl winning team? If he has the pieces around him, do you think? I think there's a huge difference between a Super Bowl team and a Super Bowl winning team. I, like, if even if you look at the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl, yeah. we kind of, kind of, we kind of clapped him. <laughs> but, Bef- it was like the better quarterback is going to win the game. And Peyton Manning had a much worse season than Cam Newton that season. Mm-hmm. But in that game, one quarterback was prepared for the Super Bowl and one quarterback was pretending that he was prepared for the Super Bowl. So I think Jared Goff is not prepared to win a Super Bowl, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess maybe yeah, maybe they've reached their potential with them, I guess. I mean, I don't know if they should move. Like, I don't think they're definitely not going to move on. I don't know if they should be, like, you know, press the red button and trade yeah. everybody. Like, I don't know. Like, is he going to have, like, kind of like a, I don't know, like Philip Rivers type career where he's there forever and always just kind of does all right, puts some good numbers? You think, like, they'll move on soon, get a different quarterback? What do you think? I think they'll keep Like, will, will Jared Goff be on the Rams in three years? I think so, and I think that's because of a level of just contentment, you know? The teams that want more, the teams that go out and get more, that give up on, like, quarterbacks and stuff, the teams that are content with this mediocre production, like, not to shut out the Vikings, but that's pretty common knowledge that Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in the league. And uh, Jared Goff as well. Like, I think these are quarterbacks that you can be content with, but you can't demand a Super Bowl out of these guys. Yeah, I'd have to agree. So I guess that's that, huh? Yeah. So, like, I remember you we were talking earlier, so the, you were talking about how you really don't like the Raiders. You don't think they're going to get the Okay, that's kind of biased for me just because I'm a Broncos fan. But, like, I just think the Raiders proved that they're a flop team, so I don't know what changed. Yes, how did they, they prove it? Did they beat the Chiefs and the Saints this Last season? year, last year. They proved that they were a flop team. And then they get Henry Ruggs and... I'm telling you, they're basically the same team, but they, like you said, balled out against the Chiefs. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just don't like the Raiders. That's just what it comes down to. I really like the way this team is made. I think John Gruden's made some smart picks. Like, picking up Max Crosby, like, fourth round last year. They drafted uh, Josh He's also Jacob. done some dumb things, which is my thing about That's the Raiders. That's fair, too. I mean, Colin Farrell was a bit of a reach. Oh, he's good now. He's not, like, super, like, but. Yeah, but I'm just saying in general, the Antonio Brown trade really hurt his that team. Was, yeah, that was not the greatest move. But I just think this team's good. I mean, they got a decent defense now that's stalwart. They got an explosive offense with, you know, Darren Waller is a crazy reception. And Josh Jacobs, run. man, what and a Josh, tank. Yeah, he's he's a great running back. Oh, my gosh, that man, you know, he doesn't go down. And I think if Ruggs develops a bit more, is that just, just true speedy deep threat, bro? Just kind of like, you know, what John Ross is supposed to be, like, I don't know, bro. Like, that, that offense could be dangerous. I see what you're saying, you know? man. And their whole line's so good. I mean, they got the GOAT, uh, Donald Penn. 
Donald Penn. Oh, shoot. Actually, I don't know if he's in the No, he's anymore. been retired, bro. Yeah. You're lying. Never mind, bro. That was like 2016 days. If you know, you know. If you know. <laughs> like 35 years old playing at a high level. Yeah, but like, I don't know. The Raiders, I think they'll make like, they're definitely be like the second best team in the AFC West. They'll definitely get a playoff spot. Honestly, if they went to the AFC Championship, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. The Raiders? They'll be, I feel like the Raiders are kind of like last season's Titans. They could end up having a similar effect. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, then that brings me to my next thing. You think the Titans are a true contender? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Dude, 5-0. Tannehill proved he's not just a one-year wonder. Derrick Henry is even more of a man than he used to be. I mean, Josh Norman really needs to retire after that. <laughs> oh, that was terrible, bro. That was gosh. awful. I mean, come on. He's had two 200-yard games this season. Who's going to stop this guy? To think that at one point they wanted to do a committee approach with him and Deion Lewis. Hell no. Are you kidding me? Dude, this man rushes enough for, like, three running backs. Yeah. He needs to eat, bro. Let Russ cook. Let Derek cook. What the? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, there's... I don't... And that defense, too. I mean, Malcolm Butler is like, yo, wait, hold up. What if I just play like I did in the Patriots that season? Now he's good again. Adoree Jackson's doing good. Harold Landry. Jeffrey... Have you seen Jeffrey Simmons recently? He's a monster against the Vikings. Like, he was always terrorizing Kirk. I know he's in that man's nightmares every night. <laughs> Living rent-free in his head. He's living rent-free in Kirk's head, bro. Like, <laughs> I swear. You, okay, you know why Kirk throws so many picks and gets sacked so much? Because literally, every time he draws back and he sees, like, the A-gap opening up, he sees a ghost of Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> so, I don't think you could argue. These guys are definitely... They could totally go to the Super Bowl if they wanted to. They definitely could. I agree. I agree. Well... If you don't mind, I think it's time for time to set us set aside a little time for uh, my favorite part of the segment. <laughs> time to make fun of the Cowboys. Two and four. Let me hear it, Perry. What you feeling? So I feel like last season Dak Prescott actually got a lot of hate for being overrated, overhyped, and wanting too much money. But we just saw what happens when Dak doesn't play for that team. Yikes, bro. Yeah. Yikes. You cannot get blown out by the Cardinals like that. I understand. Hey, respect to the Cardinals. Good team. But we them boys, I don't know if that's really holding up this year. We them boys, bro. You guys are kids out there. Yeah, literally. You guys are bro. kids. Bro, you acting like it's recess. Like Honestly. <laughs> I don't understand. Andy Dalton, like, I expected more out of him, honestly. Come on. And, bro, I hate this. They're saying that it's all the coaching staff's fault. You know what they've said for the past decade? It is all the coaching staff's fault. Mm. Every time the Cowboys do good, it's never because of Jason Garrett. It's always because of the players. Mm. But as soon as the Cowboys go 8-8, eight eight, oh, Jason Garrett's 8-8 eight eight Cowboys. You're, I want people to look at the players. You know who didn't have a single quarterback touch in the first three games? Who? Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, he was, he was supposed to be like... Demarcus Lawrence didn't sniff the quarterback for three games, bro. He right, was like, let me, let me get a whiff. <laughs> no, bro, he was missing. <laughs> he was getting blocked by, like, bums, bro. Right, bro. And like, You're telling me that's a, that's a flop. Leighton Van Der Esch can't stay on the field for longer than a quarter before his knees give out. <laughs> Jalen Smith, they put him in a quarterback spy every single game, and he must be the worst spy. Yeah, bro, he I was not be... hiring for my agency. Dude, he was walking around, bro. He's got like a cane in his hand, but he's blind. He's the worst spy I've ever seen. You want to know why? He was on a quarterback spy when Odell Beckham had a 50-yard reverse 
touchdown. Oh. And he was on a quarterback spy for the entire game versus Kyler Murray. And you know what Kyler Murray did to him? He mixed him. This is what I'm saying. The Cowboys giving up an astonishing 36 points per game is unprecedented. And that defense and is supposed it's a to be travesty. Because Everson Griffin... Dude, Everson Griffin hasn't done anything, bro. Like, Bro, this is what I'm saying. The Cowboys suck. All right? I don't know why they suck, but I know it's not the coaching staff you know, no because the only person that's been blamed is the coaching staff. Although Mike McCarthy's not a good coach, but... But he's not that bad of a coach. True. He, yeah. All right. That's... I cut you off multiple times. Go Dude, ahead. Dude, all I was going to say is like... Okay, you have no excuse to be losing games when you have three like wide receiver ones on your team. I don't understand. Yep. Like you and you have Zeke Elliott. Like you don't even have to be that dude. Just do what Blake Bortles did. Like in twenty seventeen. He was not that good, bro, but he had like a good liner for net and like good receivers, bro. And it's like I just don't understand. Like literally Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, who could all literally get like a thousand yards this season because the yeah. way Dak throws it. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who's been consistently a top five running back every season, and you have one of the most goaded O lines of all time. Bar and you injury. have Dak, usually. Yeah. And you guys can only put up numbers, you can't put up results. It's literally like Kirk Cousins with better... I don't know, bro. With like a, like a white jersey and a good offensive line. You They're know? literally just blowing smoke in Jerry Jones' ass at this point, bro. Right. Like, I, Jerry does not deserve this, bro. Yes, he does, bro. <laughs> Jerry Jones does not deserve to be an owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Not. And actually, no. He is very deep pockets. So he deserves to be the owner of the Cowboys. <laughs> he does not deserve to be the GM of the Cowboys. He should not be, like, talking to players, you know, like... to. Be, debating contracts with them that's not his role bro they have a very good team and they're not winning well you blame the coaching staff the last seven years what had what have you not blamed yet what are you gonna blame next the trainers the people who are cleaning the facility oh they missed the spot <laughs> no bro it's the white jerseys out there that are giving up these long touchdown runs it's not Mike McCarthy that's giving up these runs, bro. Right, bro. The Odell Beckham reverse, bro? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he made 10 Cowboys players miss. How? Yeah, how? How can you... Two of them went flying out of bounds, bro. He took their soles <laughs> and their ankles. <laughs> like, you can't do that in the NFL. That's why it's not the coach's fault, bro. Right, it comes down thing. to these players who think they have all this talent because people are like, oh, watch out for them boys. We them boys. We them cowboys. Skip Bayless is like, we're looking dangerous this year. Yeah, you guys are... The only thing you're looking, bro, is homeless. Uh, yo, bro, it's about as dangerous as, like... I don't know, bro. Like, sitting on a nice, soft pillow, bro. The cowboys are about as dangerous as a dumpster fire, bro. Though <laughs> oh, they're hobo players. <laughs> don't do Chidobia Woozy like that, bro. Okay, much respect for Chidobia Woozy, but he has not been performing this year. <laughs> right, bro. Dude, Chidobia Woozy, my Chidobia go away, bro. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good topic to switch on. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to let you lead this one. Um, I'm not the Vikings fan. You are. So let me hear what you want to do with their future as they are now 1-5. and five. Mr. Parascu, the floor is yours. Let me tell you. Mike Zimmer. We went through so much together, man. Michael Zimmer. Mike, I mean, we, you know, we, we went 7-9, and nine, then we went, like, 10-6, and six, then we went 7-9, and nine, and then we we missed the playoffs half the time you were here, but that's okay because you were just this gritty defensive-minded coach who's going to change the culture. 
They said Zim's gonna lead us to the promised land. They said top top ten defense every single year. And then we get to week one with our hopes up. We have great new rookie corners, Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler, star wide receiver Justin Jefferson. And we had all these 15 draft picks who were and we were like, we're not rebuilding, we're just reloading. And I trusted him. He said we were gonna do great things this season. And then I watched as the Packers score slowly kept creeping up and up and up. And the Vikings score did not move. And I was like, okay, you know what? Just it's one game. Well, let's go on the next one. And then we faced the Colts. And the same thing happened. And then I was like, it can't get any worse than this. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to beat the Titans. What? Wait, wait a minute, Zimmer, Zimmer, why, why are you, it's, it's fourth and inches, and if you get a field goal, you're up by eight, and there's like a minute left in the game, you're gonna, you're just gonna kick the field goal, right? Oh, you're going for it. Oh, you didn't get it? Oh, 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 Russ drove down and beat us to the very end of that game? Well, then I realized, I do not want this man to retain his job. <laughs> I do not want this man to coach any team. I do not wish any team has Mike Zimmer as a coach because he's too conservative. He makes these dumb, horrible game time decisions. People go, Minneapolis miracle, Minneapolis miracle. Bro, they blew like a 21 point lead. Whose fault is that? <laughs> and you know what? You can blame the players because he loves to blame the players almost as much as uh, Jerry Jones. No, he blames the coaching staff. It's like the opposite, bro. He loves to blame the players bro, all the time. They'd be like, so Zimmer, uh, you made these really bad game time decisions. How do you respond? Well, uh, the guys didn't do their job. No, Zimmer, you didn't do your job. Because <laughs> as a coach, your number one job is to get the team ready to play. Not even win. Just get them ready to play and get ready to compete. And when he trots out performances like the Colts and the Falcons... You did not do your job. These guys are not ready to play. They're getting blown out and embarrassed, and that's on you. And you cannot keep deflecting the blame on these players. You're literally your one job is to just get the players ready, and you're not even doing that. And you're supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. You know who's getting beat by like 30 points every game? The Vikings. That doesn't seem like very good defense to me, bro. You couldn't even defend like I don't know Jacob Sartorius. I don't know why he got <laughs> to my head, but he's skinny as hell. You need to go. I'm so done with you. You need to go. And you may... I don't know what Zimmer's obsession with veterans is. Because people like Riley Reef, People like... Uh, I don't even know, bro. Shamar Stefan. They should not be playing. Throw in the young guns. We're one in five. I don't care. Throw in Nate Stanley. I'm done with Kirk Cousins. And I used to be the biggest Kirk Cousins apologist of all time. But after this year, it's like, you know what? I know what he is. He's a streaky starter. He's inconsistent. He'll put up good garbage time stats. Don't worry. But he's not gonna get your results. He had one clutch game against the Saints. Whoop the freaking do, Kirk. You're still like oh in a million on Monday night football. Okay, I don't wanna hear it. I'm done. Get rid of Kirk. Get rid of Zimmer. And honestly, I'm kinda done with Spielman too. He does draft some good talent in the late rounds, but he has failed to deliver as a franchise quarterback. I am sick of everyone's leftovers like it's middle school lunch. I don't want Matt Castle. I don't want Josh Freeman. I do not want John David Booty. I want like Trey Lance, bro, or something. And we could have had that Tate Bridgewater, then his knee was like, all right, I'm about to head out. And it's like, well, what are we supposed to do? So what you need, what the Vikings need to do, get rid of Zimmer, get rid of Kirk, get rid of Spielman. Please draft a franchise quarterback. Please draft offensive line help. Get rid of all the bad veterans. Get rid of Anthony Barr. Get rid of Shamar Stefan. Just sell the farm. I don't care. I want to rebuild, but also we can reload at the same time. Because we already have a great wide receiving core. We want a top five running back. This offense can be explosive. Just give it a good quarterback. Please. Yeah, I think that sums it up. What are your thoughts, Dave? 
I think you said every syllable that I was thinking, actually. <laughs> every syllable, bro. Yeah, I don't... Uh, like I said, I think Kirk Cousins is uh, just kind of in that tier of, you know, yeah, yeah, he's going to do well, but you're always going to hold him to a higher standard because you've seen him play at a higher standard. And it's heartbreaking because he was so efficient last season, and then he gives us this. Three yeah. picks and a half, Kirk. Are you serious? He's making rookie mistakes, too. That first play against the Falcons, he was staring down Justin Jefferson like a rookie. And the second time, he was staring down um, whoever was playing on that curl. Probably Justin Jefferson, bro. Like, And then it was like, it was a talented pick by A.J. Terrell, but A.J. Terrell was right all over it. Yeah. He was all over it. And then the third pick was just like, dude, what are you doing? I just, I'm done. I can't yeah. take it anymore. So, yeah, just sell the farm. I don't care. Get rid of Zimmer. I'm, I'm done with this culture. I want, like, an offensive-minded young coach. I want, like, I, mean, I guess not young, but, like, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs would be nice, kind of. Everyone wants Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I know. I just think I want this team transition to an offensive-minded kind of coach because I think the most important relationship in all of sports is between a head coach and his quarterback. Yep. Easily. Uh, if, yeah, yeah. Head coach and quarterback. I was going to say offensive coordinator, but head coach is way more important. No, it's a lot. Like, the Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes bond. You got, like, Sean Payne and Drew Brees. Like, like and that's Belichick why, and Brady is the best example of all time. That's why there's so much discussion about Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, whether they truly beef or not, is because it's just such an important bond, and you mm-hmm. need to be close, tight-knit. I, I can't think of one Super Bowl-winning team where the head coach and, the, like, the player were not just, like, you know, just, like, yep. just, like, but anyways, man, since Perry said everything that needed to be said about the Minnesota Vikings, let's talk about the league as a whole to round this one out. Awards predictions, man. Who are you feeling for MVP? Give me Right now, I don't know how you get it to anybody else besides Russell Wilson. Let Russ cook, bro. He's been putting the best fantasy numbers, which, okay, I guess doesn't have to contribute to stats, but it's something. He's literally like, I mean, we've all seen the Seahawks defense. That is not a good unit. Russ throws his team on his back, bro. Some of the throws he makes to his receivers are crazy, bro. And, like, the offensive line is still not even that good. But he's just make, been making dominating performances, doing great comebacks. And, like, that drive against the Vikings, like, who else is going to do that besides Russ the league? Maybe Pat or Lamar. But to take that, like, one minute down the field, making these awesome strikes to DK Metcalf and winning the game like that, like, he just he does not make bad games. He does not play bad. He's just the best quarterback and the best player in the league right now. No one has been more dominant than Russell Wilson, except you could argue Derrick Henry a bit. That's just my only thing. Okay. Um, My thing about MVP is I think it's going to go to Russell Wilson. I think it was down to either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, and then Aaron Rodgers did his. He did his thing against Tampa Bay. So um, I think Russell Wilson, this is his race to lose. That's how I look at it, and that's how Russell Wilson should look at it. Uh, no, he should not look at it like that. He should look at it like he needs to play for it. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's his race to lose, I feel yeah. like the Seahawks will stop winning. And the reason I say that is because, like you said, he's throwing that team on his back right now. He is throwing that team on his back like, a, I don't know, like a pack mule or something. <laughs> Some cool mammal. Right, bro. But, yeah, dude. So, like, he is just balling out, carrying this team. And even though it is his race to lose, uh, I hope he doesn't play like that. I hope he plays to, uh, you know, prove all the doubters wrong because he honestly could have gotten it last year. 
So I, I Russell probably for sure winner. Yeah. But I don't know, bro. Like Derrick Henry, like he's already had two 200 yard rushing performances, which is, he has looked very unstoppable. Which brings us into the offensive player of the year, okay, which I think is undisputed. Derrick Henry. Henry. I hate giving the MVP the offensive slash defense player of the year award as well, which is why Derrick Henry fits so well into the offensive player of the year. It's just like he's literally putting up like Christian McCaffrey numbers that like any of the receiving. He's like just bulldozing people. Yeah. That's like he's been making those like Josh Norman type plays like literally all season. And he I guess he had like a kind of slow start, maybe like week one and two, but he's looked just like a whole like a man among boys since. Yep, bro. Like if he keeps up this pace, like he could definitely end with like 17, 1800 rushing yards if he keeps this up. His overtime touchdown against the Texans when he got stopped on the two yard yeah. line and then bullied three defenders into the end zone that was just like okay so okay. I just don't think like for me offensive player the USB like literally like what who is like you see as the most dominant and just offensive like entertaining player. person while, and no one is more dominant on the field no one commands more presence than Derrick Henry yep. when he's running that ball exactly because I don't think there really hasn't been a wide receiver doing that this season like DeAndre Hawkins leads in yards it's like he's, he's not yeah. really like He's not like must must watch football. Derrick Henry is it's just must watch football. Crazy. So defensive player of the year. This one might be a little more tricky. Who are you thinking? That's hard for me because I feel like defense in general has just been terrible this season. Mm-hmm. The offenses have been so high scoring. But I think Aaron Donald, he he had like a five side game or something, didn't he? Yep. I I think I know it's kinda of boring, but I feel like you get to Aaron Donald mm-hmm. again. I don't know who's playing better than Aaron Donald right now. Maybe it's not that difficult because then we're in the exact same boat. Uh, Aaron Donald, dominant defensive player, probably the only one that's been eye popping this year, in my opinion. Like, yeah. there's just no way he's not getting that award. Aaron Donald looked so good once again. So props to him on being the best defender. I guess. In football. Well, you know what though, Levante David's also been really good too. But really good or unprecedented, like showstopper. Yeah, that's fair. I just feel like. Well, because Aaron Donald's always been dominant. Like, he's always going to get looked at. But Levante David's had, like, some really, really nice games. I mean, I guess, like, not enough to compete with Donald. But like, he's worth considering. He keeps it up. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to argue Donald this year. It's, I know it's kind of boring to pick him every year. But it's, like, yeah. he's just so dominant. What are you going to do? What about coach of the year? This one's kind of reliant on, I guess, what team do you think is going to be best? Right now, I feel like it... You should probably give the Sean McDermott just because like the Bills are such a surprise, and he somehow found a way to like cover up Josh Allen's mistakes by fitting him in the system better. And he's Josh Allen's like a top five quarterback. Okay. And the defense is doing really well too. You know, uh, we got pieces. You know, like Shaq Lawson and Trey White and all that. I just I don't. I feel like no no one expected the Bills really be kind of this good. They've had some really really good games. So I yeah. feel like Sean McDermott, or you could give it to Brian Flores. Except I feel like they don't really give it to teams that. Unless they go like maybe ten and six or eleven and five, but Brian Flores has done a very good, good job coaching the Dolphins and developing players like Miles Gaskin, Preston Williams, and making Ryan Fitzpatrick have a good season. So, I feel like those two are at the top of my list. But what do you think? Um, I understand what you're saying. I'm gonna take it in a different direction. I think my coach of the year is gonna be Mike Vrabel. Oh, I kind of forgot about Mike Vrabel. Yeah. And like, uh, the only arguments I feel that I have to present is the fact that they're five and zero. Oh. And the fact that they have the offensive player of the year. The only thing, like, against that for me is, like, you get discredited Mike Vrabel bit by just saying, like, okay, Derrick Henry's just running, dude. It's not, like, that much game planning. You just run Derrick Henry. So, okay, but, like, to have a 200-yard rusher and 350-yard passer in the same game... That's true. ...never happened before. If, I don't know. Yeah, if the Titans end up, like, 12-4, uh, that, that's probably Mike Vrabel coach of the year. Yep. 
But I guess we'll see because we don't know because it's still kind of early in the season. I don't know. If the Bills and the Titans finish with the same record, who do you think would deserve it more? Uh, who do you think actually does more coaching? If the Bills and the Titans met up, see, I've never been a believe. I've never been a believer of Tennessee. Um, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. Oh, really? Honestly. So you could give it to Mike Vrabel in that sense. And then on the other side of the ball, like you said, Sean McDermott's found a beautiful system to not only cover up Josh Allen's mistakes, but turn him into a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. So if it were up to me, same record, I'm leaning towards Mike Vrabel. Um, and the reason I'm leaning towards Mike Vrabel is because when they have, when they win, or you know that the Tennessee offense is going to score. Yeah. You know, Buffalo, I've seen Buffalo be stopped. I haven't seen Tennessee be stopped. That's true. And they also, like, railed the, like, the Bills. So. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I didn't think about that, but I guess I'd probably have to get to Mike Vrabel right now, too. That's we'll we'll see how that season plays out, so. For sure. What about comeback player? Comeback player? Um... I'm trying to figure out who you have to get that to. I'm trying to feel like... I'm trying to figure out who... There's going to be a lot next year, because I feel like so many people got injured this year. I'm trying to figure out who got injured for this year. Like, a lot of people. No, I mean, like... Oh, from the, last year? Yeah. Um... I mean, you could get it to Alex Smith just to be nice, but, like... He hasn't really done anything. Yeah, no. Um... Who's even injured last year, bro? Yeah, I don't know if anybody's really come back. Like, Matt I feel Stafford? Like the, you could give it to Matt Stafford. Uh, they're, like, two and four. Oh, okay. Well, depending on what he does, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I feel like the best comeback player of the year is probably when Eric Berry came back from cancer and he just was dominant, like, dominant again. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to, like, Or, like, Peyton comeback. Manning with his broken neck. Yeah, yeah. Peyton Manning, too, for sure. No, he won the MVP. That was the year that uh, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL. Oh, really? No, flip-flopped. flip-flopped. Oh. Peterson won MVP. Manning won comeback player. You know, like, depending on how the Bears seasons go, you could... Could get to Nick Foles. Yeah, you could, because they did a similar thing with Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's. I mean, the Bears go 10 6, like 11 5. They definitely get to Nick Foles. Yeah. Otherwise, you. Okay, this year should have been the year they should have given it to Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz is terrible. So Yeah, Carson Wentz looks poopy. Yeah, so I feel like yeah, Nick Foles is probably a good bet on that. Yeah, I just don't know enough injured players. Um, yeah, if you guys want to help me out, feel free to. But I don't expect anything. Are there any awards I'm missing? Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, goody. Dude, so... I don't know. Like, first off, I don't think either of you guys should be Offensive Rookie of the Year. But right now, like, just a sidebar. Like, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, who you got right now? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, That kid is a lot... How did he not start week one? That kid's electric. Dude, his, his record... Is not his fault, bro. He's putting no. the Chargers in a position to win every time. Every Literally. time, he's doing so well in these games. Joe Burrow's also playing phenomenal, but the fact that the show is not on Justin Herbert is a travesty. And I know you guys missed me saying the word travesty. <laughs> it is a travesty that Justin Herbert does not have more headlines right now. No, it's. I think it's just a small market. Like, but yeah, they're in LA. Yeah, but like no one goes to their stadium. Yeah. Chargers don't got fans. I don't like know, that. but like Justin Herbert, just he shows more poise. I feel like he's just more efficient. He can make bigger plays. Like Joe Burrow is so good. Like I don't know who's gonna end up being better. They're both having good seasons, but like I feel like Joe Burrow might even have more talents around him. Low key, I don't know. And Justin Herbert's doing more with less. Like, uh, no. Justin I don't know. Justin Herbert. T Higgins looks team. so good. He's got Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, Joe Mixon. Okay, he's got guys that look good. Justin Herbert has guys that are good. That's true. Justin that's, Herbert has I guess that's Keenan fair. Allen, bro. 
That's true. That man's electric. Hunter Henry, bro, doesn't drop it when the pass comes to him. But if he's if he can say, yeah, healthy. that's fair. I got. Uh, I I still think yeah, like Justin Herbert's better. But I like this sounds so biased, but you could really make a case. I really feel like right now the season ended. Justin, you Justin. should give Justin Justin like dude. He's really on a better pace than Randy Moss right now. You should give him a look. He's doing well, dude. He has five hundred thirty. So he's top five in receiving yards, and he didn't even really he didn't even start the first two games. Yeah, that's crazy. That's at, he's had three a hundred plus. He's had a hundred like sixty six yard game, hundred like seventy yard game. He's had a hundred four yard game. He's a rookie, dude. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This dude's so good, especially when he's playing with Kirk Cousins too, and he's putting up these numbers. Oh, like even when I'm feelings across from him too. Yep. I just I don't know. I just feel like he's outperforming any rookie right now, at least in terms of offense. So, okay, let's flip it to the defensive side then. Who are you thinking there, dude? If he was healthy for. All the games, Chase Young looked good. Yeah. Chase Young looked really, really good. Um, I feel like it's hard. I feel like there's a lot of decent defensive rookies. Like, CJ Henderson's being kind of locked down and stuff. Um, you could say, like, I don't know. Like, CeeDee Lamb's also looked pretty good, too. So, you can't overlook that. Although, That's I feel like Justin's guy. better. Oh, like, we're talking about defense. Yo, yeah, what yeah. the heck? You're good. Yo, I don't know, like... Besides Chase Young, I don't know if any other defensive rookies are doing a whole lot. Like Derek Brown has been all right. Isaiah Simmons has been okay. It's like, been a bunch of guys that have been, like you said, okay. Yeah, but the only one that really stands out to me is, like, probably Chase Young. Like, Oh, Javon, nah, not even Javon Kinla. I think it's lost in the shuffle in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't I don't know, bro. There really hasn't been that many too many dominant defensive rookies. It's more the offense. I mean, Herbert, yeah. Justin, like, all the rookie wide receivers and running backs, like, like they feel the defense, like not as much. I can't. I guess besides Chase Young, I don't really know. But, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Well, we've already been sitting here for forty-five minutes, yeah. so I'm gonna go ahead and cut it off. Perry, thanks so much for coming into the studio today, man. Dude, had I, a great time. I, I mean, thank you too, but bro, I came here for one reason and one reason only. There's only one thing I want to do on this three and a half hour trip to Fargo, and I'm trying to push your buttons, bro. All right, all right. Let me hear something. We're getting back into the theme of button pushers. I think you already know what I'm going to say. Remember, I'm going to do a little off-camera exposing. A few episodes ago, a few episodes ago, some we I was trying to make the case that James Bradbury would break oh, out the no. season on the New York Giants. And he is leading the league in pass breakups this season. And his PFS, yeah, that's right, you know why to bring it up. Number two cornerback this season. David, you were so bogus for not PFF believing in the Bradster. PFF means nothing, bro. PFF means nothing. Last time you were talking about Anthony Harris, bro. Look what he's done this season. Yeah, okay. Now you're talking about James Bradbury, the fourth, bro. First of all, bro, he's the fourth best corner on that team. Yo, what the heck, bro? That team's, it's like him and a bunch of, like, felons, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. He's literally worse than three convicted felons, bro. So he cannot be that good of a corner. I don't know. Okay. The fact that he is not in casual conversation proves my point. Dude, this guy is a casual. Neither was Marlon Humphrey like a year ago. Bro, he is a casual that they picked up at the rib shack down the road. No, bro. And First of all, him, no, he's not ribs. He's brisket. Okay. First off, because he's a way better cut. He literally gave. They literally gave him the wrong size jersey before the game. Like he got his correct jersey stitched just in time for the game. Right, bro. And that motivated him to become the second best corner in the league. He's leading the league in pass breakups and and deflections. How does that not count for anything, bro? All I want to say, bro, who is he covering? 
Bro, he's covering like Amari Cooper, like Travis Fulgham, and like Terry McLaurin, bro. Chill. Didn't Travis Fulgham have like 150 yards? Bro? Not against the Giants, but it wasn't against the Cowboys, and should be a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> should be go away, Z. <laughs> Bro, James Bradbury's trash, bro. Bro, not, why are you sleeping on the Bradster again? We're not having this conversation, bro. That's the, bogus as hell, bro. The developing app I use has a time limit. So what else do you want to tell me about James Bradbury? If James Bradbury, Bradbury makes the Pro Bowl, bro, you're going to be eating your words. If James Bradbury <laughs> makes the Pro Bowl, I will end my podcast. All right? You guys all heard it. All right, we'll see what happens then, huh? Now it's time for me to push your buttons. Oh, no, bro, please. James Bradbury's booty, bro. <laughs> no, we cannot do that. We just talking about bro, it. Bro, he, he worked on a 10-day contract, bro. They were like, do these socks fit? He, like, I don't know. Okay, you can have them. <laughs> they gave him cleats from Goodwill, bro. He's not deserved yeah, to be in any sober for me like He's everyone, 26 bro. and he's bald. because <laughs> he works so hard, bro. He's like one punch man. Bro, if he works so hard, why do you get, like, cut from Carolina? He didn't, bro. He's a free Sorry. agent. Sorry. Let go. Bro. There's a reason they didn't give him his fifth-year option. Bro, it's because they were sleeping on him. They weren't sleeping. They were wide awake. <laughs> they were wide awake on his talent. <laughs> bro, you cannot be... The- okay, we'll see. Okay, here's what's going to happen, guys. When James Bradbury makes a Pro Bowl, David's going to eat his word. And when he doesn't, if he doesn't, then I will never talk about James Bradbury literally ever again. No, I want more than that. If James Bradbury doesn't make the Pro Bowl, which is not going to happen. Like, he is not making the Pro Bowl, bro. I want you to come back on my show. Okay. And tell everyone that you are the worst analyst in sports. Deal. All right, shake on that. All right, bro. I don't know you guys can't see this. We just shook. I don't know you heard that little. Yeah, that that little, little, little slap of the skin. Yeah. All right, man, it's been 49 minutes trying to go to the bathroom. So, Perry, thank you so much for coming to the studio, man. Ooh, I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. The rest of y'all, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Button Pushers. I will probably be back sometime next week. So, this has been David in the studio. Peace.